This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. And once again, welcome to Jewish Board Talk. I am Cherie Zephard from the Jewish Board of Deputies, and I look forward to being in your company in the next hour. I speak to award-winning investigative journalist Sam Sol. Sam, together with Stephen Sprumer, co-founded the M&G Center for Investigative Journalism, nicknamed Amabungane. It has become synonymous with revealing much of the corruption in our country. In 2017, Amo Bogani challenged the constitutionality of elements of RICA. RICA, of course, is the Regulation of Interception of Communications and Provision of Communication-Related Information Act of 2002. And I look forward to hearing more about that. Um, Sam, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it's a pleasure to, to be here. Sam, um, it's quite a bit of a mouthful, RICA, but basically it's a law which... You coped very well. <laughs> Sorry? You coped very well. I wouldn't like to have to say that. <laughs> RICA is basically the law which permits the interception of communications of any person by authorized state officials subject to prescribed conditions. When I first read about RICA, I thought that meant I no longer had to stand in a queue in a bank um, and identify myself. But apparently it goes a lot deeper than that. What exactly is RICA and why did you take it to the, the courts? Okay, so, I mean, yes, and the other misconception is, you know, that this judgment means you don't have to uh, um, register your SIM card. It, yes, does, it no. doesn't do that. You still no. have, to, have, to, have to do that. So... Uh, RICA is the legislation that allows the state uh, to intercept uh, your communications and my communications um, uh, based on uh, the, the legal precepts that, it, that, that are set down. Um, and uh, because that, that uh, process is quite uh, problematic, especially for journalists, um, given that we have to try to protect our sources. Um, and because I had personal experience of having my, my communications, uh, inter- intercepted, um, and because of strange circumstances was for once able to, to prove that, to show that, that, um, led us to, to look at, take a, 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 a serious look at this act as a whole, as it relates to, to surveillance. Um, and we came to the conclusion that it, it, you know, it wasn't only about me, that the protections and procedures that, that were contained in the Act um, were, were unconstitutional in the, in, in the sense that they, they didn't provide, uh, you know, proper protection uh, against abuse. Um, and so we took we, 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 we took this to court, and it was a very long process, but we've now had judgment uh, in our favor, although that's probably not the end of the story. Sam, you're not going to believe this, but we have to take our first break. But after the break, um, I'd like to ask you exactly what that surveillance was that you encountered and what has actually been happening and to what extent our privacy is being violated. This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. And I'm talking to Sam Sol, the co-founder of Amma Bungane, and about the ruling that found in his favor against certain elements of RICO being unconstitutional. Um, Sam, you said before you had personal experience. What exactly does that mean? Okay, so um, 
when when you're operating as an investigative journalist, as as uh, we do at Amabungane, um, you know, quite often um, you get uh, told from people in the security sector that uh, your your uh, communications are being monitored, and and we kind of assume that that that's happening. Um, but it's very hard to to, to prove. Um, we going back to the um, the early 2000s. Um, we we had some anecdotal evidence that suggested that 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 was happening to my colleague Stefan's Brimmer and I. We lodged a complaint with the Inspector General of Intelligence, who's supposed to conduct oversight. And I think after about a year, they came back and said we did an investigation and we found nothing illegal. So they didn't even confirm whether our communications were. Intercepted or, or, or not. Sorry, so, so, that was so, very so, so I just want to check. When you send communications, are you talking about cell phones? Are you talking about emails? Are you talking about home phones? What, what exactly are communications yes. are you talking about? So, so, so the, the act covers all kinds of communications and generally because it's, it's so easy to kind of intercept both, um, uh, because it's all electronic now. Um, one's talking about your, your one's one's emails and and one's one's phone calls, one's uh, WhatsApp chats, etc. Et, et, et um, and then when the issue came out around the Zuma tapes, um, the the interceptions that it were carried out by crime intelligence um, and and the uh, then National Intelligence Agency um, of the Scorpions, which uh, led uh, to the withdrawal of charges against uh, then uh, Deputy President Jacob Zuma, and those charges today um, seem to be have been reinstated today. Um, but but um, those charges were initially withdrawn on the basis of interceptions that were first uh, leaked to Zuma's lawyer Michael Halley. And then confirmed uh, by the NPA, leading then acting national director of the of the NPA, Mokotedi Mche, to to withdraw uh, the charges. Uh, the the Democratic Alliance took that um, decision uh, to court, and part of their court battle was to get access to the so-called Zuma tapes, those interceptions that had been um, used. Um, that went on for years. Eventually, some of that came out. Um, the portions that came out didn't relate to me. But then um, uh, Michael Halley, Zuma's lawyer, at one point in, I think, about 2015, as part of the legal battle um, uh, and beginning the process that, that kind of culminated today where, where President Zuma was challenging uh, the, re, you know, the basis on which that, that, uh, those charges could be reinstated. Um, Mr. Halley attached a transcript of a conversation that I had uh, with the lead prosecutor in that case, um, advocate Billy Downer, back in 2008. The conversation was back in 2008. In 2015, um, Mr. Halley attached that transcript uh, to his 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 court application as part of the evidence, supposedly that uh, the NPA had misbehaved. Um, there wasn't very much in that conversation, and, and no one, Mr. Zuma's crowd, never, never took it further because it was really rather a, 
an innocent conversation. Um, but it was a conversation I had as a journalist with a so- with a confidential source, wasn't on the record, um, and they had monitored my communications and produced a, a transcript which had been handed over to Mr. Zuma as part of that that court battle. Um, so for the first time, we had proof um, sure. from the horse's mouth, from the the, uh, the intelligence services themselves, that my my communications had been monitored. And we used that as a springboard for, the, as I say, to, to look at, at the wider issue of uh, the, the laws that govern that process, um, not just in my case, but more broadly, and to bring this application stating that, that those, those laws were unconstitutional. And a couple of weeks ago, um, the uh, Pretoria High Court, Gauteng um, Division, um, ruled that indeed there were some key elements of RICA that were unconstitutional, um, and also that something else which the intelligence services do called bulk surveillance, um, was also illegal in the sense that it was not, um, it was not authorized by, by, by any law. Um, we've already, uh, heard that, uh, the police minister is, uh, taking the one order that the judge made on appeal, uh, and that's the the request that we'd made that in order to safeguard people's rights, that there is post-surveillance notification at some point. Because the problem with surveillance is normally, in normal circumstances, you never know that it has happened. Mm. Um, so that you you can never challenge whether the state followed the rules and and um, that the surveillance was correctly and legally authorized because you never know about it. Mm. Um, and we said that, that that's unconstitutional because it prevents you from exercising your rights to, to challenge uh, actions by the state uh, in terms of the law because you're never informed. Um, uh, Sam, mm-hmm. it's an absolute pivotal ruling, um, but you are guessing that this is now going to go further. Well, yes, look, so, so the, the police minister has, this obviously involves the police, the intelligence services, the justice department, uh, ministry, um, and others. Um, so far, the police minister has indicated he will appeal that particular order. There were other orders, the post-surveillance notification. Um, and uh, so I expect that this will eventually go to the constitutional court. In fact, we, we are preparing, uh, because when a court makes... Um, rulings of constitutional invalidity, then automatically it has to go to the Concord uh, for that to be confirmed by the Concord. Oh, so, so we're preparing an application for, for this to go to the Concord. So hopefully we won't have to go via the Supreme Court of Appeal. It mm-hmm. will go directly to the Concord. Um, Sam, we've run out of time, but thank you so much for joining me and explaining to to all of us the kind of implications of it because they are huge and it's, it's a very important case. And we'll certainly be following it and hopefully have you back on again. It's a pleasure.